You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctors of Learning Virtual Roundtable, where we, three doctors of physical therapy, discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we are putting on our feet. Today, if you haven't noticed, it's already December uh, of 2020. Maybe 2020 has felt like it's taken a long time to get to this point. Probably that's the case for most of us. Um, and we here at Doctors Running hope that you all are well and healthy and get to spend good time, um, however that looks this year, uh, with, with people that you love uh, over this holiday season. Um, but today, in light of it being the end of 2020, we are going to be going over each of our favorite shoes this year. Um, some of this will have a twist of yes, that we think they are the best, but Really, a lot of these are just what are our favorites in certain categories that we've chosen uh, for each of us individually. And then all the way at the end, we are going to talk about the shoe of the year, each of our picks for shoe of the year. And we'll kind of dive into that one the most in terms of why we think it's the, the best, both from uh, um, what we like about it and maybe some of the science behind the shoe. And uh, we should have some fun with this, hopefully, if we're not too tired. Yep. And there might DJ, be some you're looking dark over there. I am shadow. Yeah, I mean, the lighting isn't the best in here. I just wanted to give a shout out. Go Giants. They always have uh, St. Mary's night. So on that day, you get a little double swag on there. So go Gales. Go Giants. And I'm not one for backwards hats, but the lighting works better that way. So there's my disclaimer. And go Pack. Go. All right. So anyway, moving on. Let's, uh, Matt, why don't you, I mean, you're the, you're the starter of this whole Docs of Running shenanigans. So why don't you start us off with some of your favorite shoes of this year? Remember, don't give your overall shoe of the year pick yet. I think, so one of the ones that we'll come back to, one of the things that stuck out to me, and I know I've been gushing about this in various social media areas, is the Keanu Light has been a personal favorite. I know it was a late contender. It came, just came out. But I was really impressed with the versatility of the ride, how they're, des- how they're doing stability, and ASICS is getting some notes directly from one of Ben O'Nig's protégés. And you can tell it has been designed very well. And I was really impressed with how they did this, what, what they did with it, and it was super versatile. I was able to use this for workouts. It didn't feel like it was overcorrecting me. It's just a great shoe. And the fit is really surprisingly wide. It's a sustainable shoe. That was really impressive to me. The racing shoes that really stuck out to me this year was definitely the. Oh, hold oh, on. oh sorry. Before you, before you uh, go any further, yeah. So with, with the of Light, just yeah. for, just a quick recap of that shoe for some people. So that's um, Asics put that out as a as a new way to do stability. Um, it weighs in for a men's size nine at nine point nine ounces, and for a women's size eight at eight point nine ounces. The stack for it is thirty one millimeters in the heel, twenty one millimeters in the forefoot. Um, and they 
there's no post there. It's all based on the geometry of the midsole. And uh, if you haven't heard, uh, we had uh, Chad from, uh, from ASICs on with us in a previous episode. So you can go find that one. And he digs into some of the 3D construction that went into creating this shoe. Is a, it was a very, it's a very cool shoe. Again, it's a maximum stability shoe that has no post in it, which that's amazing. And then being 9.9 ounces, it's like a, it's a lightweight max stability shoe. So, but I, the stability is versatile enough that it will work for those who need light stability and work for those who need a lot of stability. So it does, again, based on the variable st stabilization, it will work for a large variety of people. So that's why I thought this was a, a great uh, daily trainer, lightweight trainer, depends on how you look at it. So yeah, they did it. Asics did a great job. I don't have my pair at the moment, but I also need to give a huge shout out to Mizuno because in my, one of my, it's, it's between that and the, the wave rider mesh. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, no, the knit, the wave rider knit, which David has, which again was one of the most versatile trainers for me that again, it is a neutral shoe, but that was plenty stable enough for me to do long runs, to do very hard workouts I had some of my best workouts of the year in that shoe doing tempo runs and intervals. It's just a snappy shoe. It, you know, Nathan ran, Nathan, you ran their first marathon in that shoe, correct? Not in this one, but uh, yep. in a previous wave rider. It's early iteration. Yeah. It's just a great snappy trainer for those people who want to have some protection, but still want to go fast and something that's a little protective. And the way they did the fit and the design, so the, the new energy, the full ground contact outsole, really gets major points for me and is a very great shoe to run in. So kind of between those. So you would put that as your kind of like for stability or for versatile trainer? I think for versatile trainer, for sure. So stability definitely wins out with the yeah. Keanu Light, but versatility, I think the Rider 24 mesh wins out for most versatile trainer of the year for me. And real quick on that, just for just to lay those specs down for men's size nine, it's 10.1 ounces, but feels probably more like seven and a half or, eight yeah, or something way lighter than that. <laughs> it's crazy. That uh, might be the energy. Then, uh, yeah. The, the rebound that they're, yeah. they're getting from that, that feel is just really good. And yeah, don't need to go into it. Um, and it's a 12 millimeter drop shoe. Doesn't feel like a 12 millimeter drop shoe. Nope. All right. Keep going, Matt. What else do you guys want to hear? Like racing shoe? What else? We got to just go through the things of like, hey, these are interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the so the Endorphin Pro was certainly a favorite as a shoe. I got this shoe first before Saucony was nice to send it to us. I bought this in Atlanta when I was at the Olympic trials. I watched my fiance run. So I ran like 18 miles in the shoe out of the box, had no trouble, wasn't sore, did a workout the next day. The, the way the foam and the plate are set up, it's an S plate. It's not, a, it's not this full thick plate. It's an S plate. And the geometry makes this, you know, you could use this as a lightweight trainer. I, this is a, one of those rare workout shoes I can warm up in, do the workout and cool down in. So I really like what Saucony was doing. I think their whole line, they did a great job with creating a versatile line of shoes that will fit different people's needs. So from a racing that like the racing lightweight category, I thought this was a really good shoe. Obviously I, I'm highly biased when I say this, but the, the speed elite hyper is a favorite of mine. I'm super excited to gosh, what can I say on this one? Something is coming out before, next year. before you sit. Yeah. Before you say more though, I, I'm yeah. trying to hit specs on all of them. So oh, you have to wait for you. Huh? I'm, a no, 
I feel like if I'm, I hope I'm not ruining the whole episode, but for the, for the endorphin <laughs> pro, um, for men's size nine, you're looking at seven and a half ounces. Um, for his size 10, it was 8.2 ounces. Um, and then stack height, you're looking at an eight millimeter drop, 35 and a half millimeters in the rear, 27 and a half millimeters in the front. So eight millimeter drop again. And, uh, yeah, that it's got that, uh, power run PB. They, foam in there. They, re- they really did their homework on this. I feel like every part of this shoe has a very, very distinct purpose from the way the upper is designed for being breathable for the way I love this lack thereof of heel counter, the way they still have it be nice and stable, but it's not, doesn't put pressure on there, which is rare for a racing shoe. And then just the design of the sole, the roll, you know, the, I, what do they call this again? The, um, the speed, speed roll? roll, speed roll. Thank you. The way it rolls you forward, it was, it's just a really great shoe that, again, it feels like there's a lot of shoe there when you put the put it on initially, but as soon as you get rolling, it's like, oh, this, this is great. Again, this has been the year where we have stopped worrying about weight so much and found that these foams can give you so much push. So again, I, I would never have thought of running a 5K in a shoe that weighs seven and a half ounces, but I did, and I had a, it was great, and it really took, it did well. This is certainly more of a long distance shoe, but- yeah, it, 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 it's great. It was some very cool stuff as part of the, I think this might be one of the more accessible models for people in terms of not being so aggressive that it might cause some issues, but, but also being, but also being fast enough that, yeah, that you're going to, you're seeing this on people that are running really quick. So it's, it's a great shoe. Yeah. And then I obviously have to, to shout out the uh, Speed Elite Hyper especially I'll, I'll give some hints as something's coming next year that will, that, that builds on this, so to speak, but I can't say anything more. This one, again, even before 2020, I had this on my feet. I've run both marathons that I've done in this shoe and it has protected me well. It's just a great shoe that still has the essence of what we know and love of the minimal racing flats, but takes a new twist and going, there's plenty of protection here, but despite being low stack, but that, that plate does a really good job of keeping you efficient. I definitely think this is on the longer distance end of shoes, where for me, I can take this for a half marathon to a marathon. Most people, it's going to be a half marathon. It, it, the plate's a little too thick to be doing like a 5K, which is where the Razor Elite is going to come in well. But again, just as a versatile shoe in the way this, this was a, a great debut by Skechers and is a sign of some very cool things that are also continuing to come out not only this year, but in the future. So another favorite. And there, there you go with your super light shoe weighing in at six flat. Yeah. 6.0 ounces um, in a men's size nine, four millimeter drop, 23 millimeters in the heel, 19 in the front. So definitely a little bit lower than some of these, yep. you know, high stack quote unquote super shoes, but awesome. Any others you want to share with us today? You know, so for those who don't know, my, my fiance is now going to be a professional sponsored athlete for Salomon. So she's getting me into uh, trail running, but I have to say, I've, I've just gotten the chance to get these on my feet and I have been really enjoying these. I can't remember what year these released. These might be a little, this, I think this is a 2020 shoe. Somebody correct me, but the Fuji Jabuco light has been a great lighter weight shoe to get on the trails. Nathan, you're looking at me like, am I, am I wrong about this? I think this was 
this no, year. No, I was going to say, tell us, you've been saying these, and I was like, there's people who are listening. Yeah, sorry, I forgot this podcast. <laughs> no, the, the Asics Fuji Chabruco Light has been a, a nice favorite where the flight foam, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a lower stack, lighter shoe, I think comes in around like nine ounces for a trail shoe, which is pretty light, but the flight foam still provides a lot of protection and the grip has been great on these. And I've been using them on road two and I still, the durability, I like, they've been fine. So just put 12 hilly miles on them this morning and I'm, I'm excited to review this one. We haven't reviewed it yet, but uh, definitely on that trail racer edge, but there's some cool trail racers coming out. Like, you know, that category is going to blow up next year. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to go next because I don't want to be last because I think I'm anticlimactic. So I'm going to go next and then we'll leave DJ, DJ for last. Um, so I'm going to start with my, my favorite trainer of the year. And it was a really hard choice. It was a hard, and it still is a hard choice. And I still don't know if I made the right decision. Not that, it, not that this matters, but um, it's between the wave rider 24 and the Reebok Symmetros and I'm going with the Reebok Symmetros. Um, I, you know, since I first tried the Forever Float Ride Energy, I've been a fan of um, the energy foam. It just, it's that perfect, for me, it's that perfect balance of uh, soft and firm. Like it sits right, right in the middle. It has a good balance. And then you just add on the geometric construction of this shoe and it took everything that I liked about the float right energy and just smoothed it out. Um, primarily with the way that they integrated the heel bevel. We've talked about it a lot on our show here, but they have a 17 degree heel bevel, which really smoothed out heel strike took away in the, in the energy. Um, I always had issues where I would wear out the foam in the, um, the front of the shoe and the forefoot on the medial side, kind of under the ball of the, of the big toe. And I, and part of that was because I think that the heel flare on the flow rate energy was throwing me forwards a little bit faster. And so I would spend more time on that, on the ball of my foot or the impact would be higher at the ball of my foot. Whereas this one didn't have that. So this became my go-to shoe for long runs where like, you know, I was taking when I was doing my marathon training, if I could choose anything, this is what I would take. And I just felt like my legs were fresh at the end of any long run. And then, um, but the long runs also had workouts like embedded within them and this shoe could do that. And so that's what I loved about it as a trainer, um, is that it had enough protection to do long runs. It was light enough and bouncy enough and fun enough to do some up-tempo work. So, um, and I had no problem with the, the fit, um, at all. And I just, I just thought it was great. So that's my, that's my trainer of the year. I'm sure that the way I will someday make a new appearance for me. Cause that has a spot in my heart. All right. Um, Hold on one sec. We do need to give a shout out since again, major shout out to Reebok and uh, also Casey for taking care of us. They, that heel bevel design is going to go forward into majority of their shoes and Keep an eye on Reebok in 2021. They're they're gonna make some serious moves. I can't say what yet because I don't want Casey to get mad at me. But we also have a shoe coming that will be released, I believe, at this time that may uh, maybe an Urzuper or whatever, however you say that word, may bump some people off the the lightweight training of the year. So we'll have to see. There's still something coming. So that's my uh, yeah, whatever that should is. be fun to see. Casey yeah. kind of if you go back to our episode with Casey, he kind of gave some hints there too. And he 
right. he knew what he could and couldn't say. So check that out. Um, the you can see pictures of the Floride Energy 3.0. Dang, it looks good. We should be getting it soon. Yeah, but it, I'm, that's what I'm I referring to. That shoe, but I cannot wait either. Yeah. It's for sale on the on the UK site, so yeah. you could go look it up on the UK Reebok site. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, I'm a, I have two more categories, one or just one more category for right now, and it's going to be my versatile shoe of the year. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to cheat <laughs> because I love I love this shoe, and I'm going to choose the Skechers Go Run. Razor three cloak. <laughs> nice. So it's it's really just yes. the razor three. They just put a new upper. They did put a Goodyear rubber on the outside and added a, a piece for durability. I don't really need to say too much about this shoe, um, but it, it 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 can go as fast as I can go. <laughs> um, I'm not that fast, so so it can go as fast as I can go. <clears throat> and it's got enough underneath and the hyperverse feels great to just chill out for a day too. It doesn't push me forward. And I just love the fit of this kind of mesh upper more so than the updated razor three plus. So I enjoyed <clears throat> the fit and how that integrated in with the run in terms of versatility in the cloak or just in the razor three than I did in the razor plus. So I'm choosing this is my versatile trainer for those days, even when I just want to chill out and like let my legs feel good. I, I'm sure everybody has that shoe where they like, oh, my legs right. feel beat up. I just want to run in that. This is actually that shoe for me. Um, and then it also does my workouts. Like, you know, if it's a 10 mile workout with a four mile tempo or if it's some fartlek work or whatever, this one is just awesome. And then since they added uh, the Goodyear rubber and they added that extra pallet, pallet? whatever that that uh piece of rubber on the yeah. side um it it's it stiffened it up just enough to make it i think um i think it made it that stability for those recovery type days for me so this is my versatile shoe of the year and then i'll wait on my official shoe of the year till later i still feel like i i don't think that's a cheat because when i tried that shoe on it felt very different than the previous razor three it doesn't feel like anything else it's like different ride still versatile but that upper really changed the fit where it certainly was not as snug as it used to be there's a little bit more room there it's still secure enough for you to be able to go fast but again the way that outsole is now going to be durable enough that you don't have to go oh my gosh i can only save this for a certain it's like you can use this till the cows come home. So yeah. I, I think that's a legitimate choice. I appreciate it. By the way, I mean, what the shoe weighs in at like six point something ounces. Yep. Oh, it's yeah. It's so light and protective. It's like the definition of versatile. So yep. there's nothing, nothing wrong six, with that choice. 6.5 ounces, uh, 28 in the heel, 24 in the forefoot. It's funny. I forgot to say, <laughs> the all the specs of the shoes that i picked but i remember the same <laughs> for matt so well dj let's move on to you okay i'll try and keep it short i got a lot of shoes next to me so um <laughs> I'll, I'll what i'll do is i'll bring them both up and then i'll let one fall and that'll be like my choice because i'm like i'm like you i'm 50 50 on a lot of these and like it's it could be a flip of a coin depending on the day I do but, gotta say, I, we, we got we had some great shoes this year. We'll have some even better ones next year, but there there was some great releases this year. It was a big year. 
Really yeah, were. I've been referring to 2020 kind of like the Wild West of shoes where everyone's just kind of going bonkers and making just amazing footwear. Also, I'm actually really surprised, Matt, that you didn't bring up the endorphin shift because you you were That's so true. you were so high on the shift when it came out and you were just like it's again it's hard right there's so so many good shoes that came out this year the it's a great shoe it's going to work really well as a maximalist option for a lot of people that want to get into that and again i love the pro was awesome i think the for me the writer just edged it out just a little bit and again, there's the, these shoes are all right there and picking that like top right. is very difficult. The shift is another great one. I'm afraid to bring it out because I have so many miles on it. It is falling apart. I should probably just get a new one. <laughs> I think, I think what you said there is important though, for you, the shift was in the same category as the rider, which, which right. in your case was a versatile, like do some workouts in it. Not yeah. this like not necessarily made for slow recovery, which Mm -hmm. a lot of times people equate maximalist shoes with slow recovery uh, and and just kind of long, slow distance runs. The shift is not that kind of maximalist trainer. It's it's not. If you want something for a little more recovery runs, the Triumph, if you're looking at Saucony, might be a better option. The shift is really meant for more up-tempo stuff. And I had to learn that when I kept trying to use it for recovery runs. It really is meant going, I need a little bit more protection, but I want to go a little faster. So again, great shoe, plenty of protection. You can use it as a daily trainer. It just, again, it's in that endorphin series where that's the point. Anyway, I'm going to take over the conversation. David, go. (laughs) No worries, man. No worries. All right. So what I'm at, and please excuse my outsole. If you know anything about me, you know that I take shoes out into trails and dirty situations when they have no business being there. So... But for the listeners out there, I'm holding up the same two choices that Nathan brought up. So the Mizuno Wave Rider 24 knit and the Reebok Symmetros. And the one that's the most sloppy on the bottom is my choice. So that's the Reebok Symmetros as well. How, for your so trainer, that, how does that shoot your trainer? Well on trails? I also took that on trails and it did surprisingly well. I, don't, I still don't understand how. Yeah, I mean, it does okay. It's not, it's not meant for trails. not a trail shoe. It's, it does. Okay. Like when you get into <laughs> some technical terrain, that midsole is a little on the soft side and it kind of, kind of moves a little bit, but overall, I, again, it's geometry. The shoe is so smooth. And then the same thing that Nathan was talking about with the float ride energy foam. I'm a big fan of it. It's got some give to it. It's soft, but it's not overly soft and you get a little bit of a bounce and responsiveness from it. Not so much that I want to do workouts and run fast in, but when I'm feeling beat up and I want to go run and like, this is the shoe I keep reaching for when I'm not testing for other shoes. That and the Wave Rider every once in a while. And those are probably the two that I run in the most. So huge shout out to Mizuno. Um, Unfortunately, he did not win the daily training award for me. Shout out Reebok Symmetros for taking that one. Um, the next one, I'll go with my stability shoe since I am giving a shout out to Mizuno because my stability shoe is a Mizuno shoe. Um, however, I do not have it with me. So I'm very sad that I cannot show it on the screen, but it is the Mizuno wave horizon four. And I never thought that I would like that shoe as much as I did. I, I honestly didn't. And it's a max cushion, max stability shoe. The thing is it's pretty heavy. I mean, is it 11 point something ounces, I think? Yeah. Maybe even 12? And yeah. it's um, 
but it runs way lighter than that weight. It's very, very stable. They use geometry, a wide platform, a good outsole. The upper is constructed very well, very comfortable. Um, that was another shoe that I kept reaching for, especially in that stability category. So Mizuno, huge shout out. I do not have my pair and I apologize. Um, 11, the next 11, one, 11.3. 11.3 ounces. Yeah. So it's definitely not a light shoe, but um, I actually have run pretty quick in that shoe and not really thinking about it. And it's uh, that X-Pot Nitzel I... coupled with the, uh, the other Nitzel. That's how I felt about the even the wave sky four you know yeah. they don't they totally refined that i didn't run in the wave horizon but the wave sky four similar construction just their neutral model and i think that the it's surprising how how enjoyable it is to run in an 11 ounce shoe i guess right it's really nice and then for versatility i might get some heat for this one but these are my options. So we're looking at the Adidas Addy Zero Pro, and we're looking at the Skechers Razor Plus. Both very versatile in my opinion, but the Addy Zero Pro edges it out for me on the Razor. And I know how much people love the Razor, and I do love the Razor, but here's the thing. I've taken both of those shoes beyond 15 miles multiple times. And I've also taken both of those shoes under 450 mile pace multiple times on the track and running around. And the reason why I lean Addy Zero Pro is because after 15 miles, my feet feel better in the Addy Zero Pro. I think it leans towards those longer distances a little bit better. Um, you do add a little bit of weight and it probably isn't quite as snappy at those top speeds. But I think when we talk about versatility, it's a little bit of everything, right? And you can do daily training in this. You can do workouts in it. I've done long tempos. I've done track work. I've done long runs. And not that the Razor can't do those. I just think once I'm out there for greater than 15 miles, this guy just feels a little bit nicer on my feet. So I'm going with the Addy Zero Pro for versatility. Love it. So sorry, I yeah. hate to hate to ask a question and we probably shouldn't spend too much time on this. But you talk about daily training in the Audi Zero Pro, which is a plated shoe. Mm -hmm. Can we have a 30 second take from people on is it a good idea to train in plated shoes? What could be a potential consequence? What could be a potential benefit? I you, mean, you shoes are tools, but I'll I'll let yeah. I say 30 seconds because I know Matt would talk for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Simon and I have talked about this for, for an hour or several hours, actually. <laughs> David, I'm here. Do you, do you want me to go first or you? Yeah, you guys go first because this has been something that I've been working on uh, behind the scenes and uh, doing a lot of research into it, actually. So you guys go first. Okay, so... I'll just say shoes are tools. The plated shoes and the geometry and the foams that they use for those shoes do change your mechanics. I don't think it'd be a be the greatest idea to train in a plated shoe all of the time. Um, for me personally, I think the forefoot stiffness might be a little high and the responsiveness and energy return might be a little too different from other traditional shoes just for me. But uh, there's no problem with going and reaching for them every once in a while. I mean, yeah. Nathan, what do you think? Yeah, I think yeah, I think my hot take is if you're a person who runs in one pair of shoes and uses that shoe till you buy your next pair of shoes and you use it for everything, um, 
I wouldn't go with the plated shoe. I think that there's enough unknown about the realities of where it shifts, where it's going to shift the uh, loading. You know, if it's not loading the foot, you know, it's creating a lever through the foot that our foot doesn't need to be that lever. It's probably shifting it. I could be wrong in this, but I'm assuming it would shift it up the chain a bit. So either to your ankle joint, to your knee, to your hip, something up the chain is probably going to be taking that as well as your foot having to create stability on a different type of a surface being the plate. So if you're a person that only has one shoe, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend a plated shoe to be your option, even if it's something like the endorphin speed, um, which is not a carbon plate, but a, a stiffer um, nylon plate. There's other nylon plates that you almost don't feel. Um, and I think that that might be a little bit better of an option there, but I agree, you know, with DJ there, where if it's, if you're a person who does have different shoes for different occasions, using it weekly is not going to, I don't think would necessarily be a, a problem. That would just be just like using a lot of different types of shoes uh, with different drops and different durometers and whatever the differences are that, that those particular shoes put on your body, a plate would be in that same realm. I definitely agree with both of you. And again, this is the question that I've had and asked a lot of people that are far more experienced and smarter than I am at this point. And definitely agree with both of you that I, unless you have some kind of specific medical condition where you can't run, unless you have a plate, which again, the, the plates, they're not magic. They add stiffness to the soul and don't forget about the, the foams and all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's the combination of everything together that really makes the shoe what it is. I, I don't really think that you, sh if your goal is performance, I don't think your goal should be to be training in those shoes all the time. What we're seeing anecdotally and clinically is that some changes do start happening. They are not confirmed because we don't have any research on this, but they are really best as racing and maybe workout day shoes. It's not as good idea to train in them all the time for most people. We do know from the literature that having a variety of stimulus and a variety of shoes is a great way to decrease your injury risk. We have seen that in the evidence, but I would suggest training in one thing all the time like this, given how aggressive a lot of these shoes are and how much that we do know that they do change your mechanics and they do shift loads. This is probably not something you want to train all the time. Just like you don't want to, you know, train in anything extreme all the time or do any one type of training all the time, because it's going to put stress in certain areas and that might put you at risk for injury. Are there people who might benefit from a shoe like that all the time? Yeah. You know, somebody who's lost motion in their foot and they are having trouble with the ankle joint or they don't have a lot of the elastic properties anymore in their muscles. A One of these shoes might be a good idea just to keep them running, but from a performance standpoint and longevity, you, you do need to have a variety of stimulus. You, there's some evidence that might suggest you might start losing some certain things because your body's not using them anymore or using less than them. We don't know this, but again, my to keep this short, I can see Nathan's looking at me going, dude, shh. To keep, to keep this short, I don't think you should be training in these shoes all the time. Like any shoe, you should have a variety of stimulus. It's like cross-training. So no, I personally wouldn't do that. And I know most people I've talked to have suggested this is probably not a great idea to be training in all the time. So I, I wasn't going to tell you to, I wasn't going to tell you to be quiet. I actually have like two other big thoughts okay. uh, that or like questions that yeah. would be fun to talk through. Maybe I'll, I'll throw them out there. Yeah. We don't need to talk about them. One yeah, is yeah. you see, you see in other sports um, and you've seen some things succeed and some things fail. One example of something that has been done and still is done is in baseball for pitchers where they have them pitch with weighted balls to try to train their arms so they can throw a regular size ball faster. 
hasn't really panned out. It doesn't really work. People still do it. You'll have pitching coaches still do it. Um, it can also predispose people to injuries. Um, however, I was thinking about this from a running shoe standpoint and we're creating all of these lightweight trainers and people are buying lightweight trainers to do like speed work in Would there potentially be benefit of doing lightweight. So that I have two thoughts doing lightweight training in a heavier shoe or doing speed training, sorry, in a heavier shoe, because you you're and doing it effort-based instead of tempo-based. And so you're putting in the effort in this heavier shoe, which you're having to bring along with you, which is creating a higher stimulus on your muscles versus always finding a lighter shoe um, that can make the running easier. Or is it more beneficial to have a lighter shoe that's similar to your racing flat, which would promote similar mechanics and turnover so that you get that rhythm and have that efficiency. So those are I think two thoughts. Yeah. So just to answer that real quick, I think that that is also very dependent on your workouts and what you're doing. Very, very dependent because for me, when I work out, I like working out with the Addy Zero Pro partially because it is heavy and it, but it's still responsive enough to keep the pace and protective enough. However, I also work out in say the Reebok Run Fast Pro or the Skechers Razor Elite, which are very, very low weight in comparison, but some of the workouts when I'm running in the run fast pros, I'm clicking off 67, 68 second, 400s. And I'm, I'm, I'm letting it go. You know, I'm, I'm letting it rip. Whereas some of the other ones, I might be doing more mile repeats around anywhere, you know, 455, five minute or something like that, where it's a much more controlled effort, but it's still fast, you know? So I think it just depends on the use that you're using it for. And I also, same thing, plated versus non-plated, playing around with forefoot stiffness, not running in really stiff forefoots all the time. I think is also good. I think it depends again on your experience level. So somebody that is very new to running, maybe doesn't have the tissue resiliency yet that hasn't built up that strength yet. I think running in a heavier shoe is a good idea from a injury risk reduction standpoint, just to go, Hey, play it a little safe. Now, as they become more experienced and they, they slowly experiment with lighter shoes they're they have more range of motion. They have better mechanics. They have better strength then it might be a good idea to go, hey, you know what? Because I want to race in something as light as possible or depending on, you know, things have changed now where you don't necessarily want the lightest shoe, you can run fastest in. But I might want to run in something lighter to get my mechanics a little similar. But I really think it depends on your experience level. As David said, what the purpose of the run is and potentially what you prefer. Some people do better running in super lightweight shoes. Some people do better in maximalist shoes. It just depends on the person. So, as always, it depends on the person. I don't think there's one straight answer. I'd love to hear this from like a lot of the college kids out there. Like for me in college, my coach was not someone who ever said, you know, put your spikes on or put your racing flats on for workouts. See, we always did our workouts and trainers until my senior year. And then I just started doing my own thing and he'd always look at me weird. And then I found out people around the country were doing something different. So I think it highly, it depends. It depends on what, how resilient the person is and what their experience with certain shoes is and what their preference is. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, <laughs> I was thinking about that and I can't even remember the other thing that I was going to ask about, but I, th I just think it's interesting to, you know, going back to baseball, right. You do your warm up swings with a weight on to, on the bat and then you get to the plate and you take it off. Is the research behind batters doing that? I don't know. Um, is there, is there potential for, 
you, you know, warm it and do you warm up and you, you know, you run all your training and have your shoes and then you throw on your lightest shoes pop possible and you run, you know, 30 seconds per mile faster and you don't even know it. I'm just kidding. But yeah, I mean, um, I think I mean, if that worked, sign me up. I think it's a challenge, right? Because I'm sure some people can do that, that they can are resilient enough to be able to go, yeah, I can maintain the same mechanics and I can handle this lighter shoe for race day. But I think like any stimulus, you should spend some time practicing in that because the worst thing you can do is let's try something new on race day that you're not ready for. So that was my point. Thank yeah, you. It's, a, it's a balance it of, of like, <laughs> what can your body handle to recover? And what can you, you know, how can you get it ready for a race day? So, you know, yeah. it, it depends. Cool. Speaking of, speaking of things <laughs> that like may come in and out of favor, I'm super curious to watch these kind of shoes and see how they re- evolve and see what we keep and what goes away. I'm very, cause again, car- yeah. I'm not trying to call out carbon fiber plates, but this is not the first time in history and footwear history that we've had carbon fiber plates and shoes. That's not new. So some of the foams now are getting interesting, right. but we'll have to see what gets added and what gets taken out. Right. Just like weighted balls. Right. Right. I just want to say that. <laughs> so, DJ, do you have any more I categories? Do. <laughs> Are you? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let's go back to you. No worries. I'm going to make it quick. But, and this is going to be funny for Bach because Bach's our social media and uh, marketing guy right now. And, to Bach. and friend. There's a certain shit yes. too that he's convinced that I'm in love with. And I am. But this shit is not in this category. So this is my trail category, and I'm going to go with the Newton Boko AT5. And I do like 361 Taroko. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) the Newton Boko AT5 for the weight, I want to say it's right around a little over 10 ounces. And it's so nimble, and it's so just, I don't know. I haven't had more fun in a trail shoe before. Like, I felt like I could just attack turns. I could attack inclines, declines, rocks, soft, mo- like mulchy type of trails, hard packed trails. Like I just felt almost invincible just letting it rip in this shoe. So it was just a, a lot of fun to run in. And it, they have these multi-directional lugs on it and it's just so sticky. Like every time I land, I feel like I'm clawing the ground. So it's just really fun. It's like a true trail shoe, I think. Love it. Um, and then for debut. Wait, wait, there's more. <laughs> I'm going to go endorphin speed. Um, it was a big, big, giant hit across the masses, including myself. I love it for up tempo long runs, um, especially progression runs. Um, I wouldn't quite necessarily reach for it for a race or for daily training. So it's a very, very niche spot in my rotation. But as far as this being the first time it's being released as a debut, I think it's a phenomenal shoe. And then last but not least, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Obviously, we love shoes. Uh, (laughs) This is my racing category. So it's these two guys. So it's the Nike Alpha Fly Next Percent and the Skechers Razor Elite. I am going to give the nod to the Alpha Fly Next Percent, but they both win in my heart as far as Alpha Fly being that long distance racer and that Razor Elite being that short distance racer. So, I mean, I've taken this guy at four flat minute pace, 
like four flat mile pace. I've gone 45 second, 300, 60 second, 400s. I've really closed it out on this guy and it's a lot of fun to let it rip. But I've just never run in anything cycle fly. I mean, it's so responsive to the point where in my review, I was literally like, you have to control your own motion in this because it's a little, it's bouncy. And it's, um, but it's, it's very good on the energy return. I think the, that four foot hoof there is a lot of fun to just kind of spring off of. And yeah, those are my, uh, those are my shoes of the year. Love it. Sweet. And now we are going into the final category tonight. We, we are going to give our overall shoe of the year uh, pick for each of us. Um, this can be a combination of what is your personal favorite, but also what you think is the best shoe out there that came out in 2020. So you can kind of go however you want, but Matt, you get to go first cycling back to you. This is so hard. (laughs) There's stress. Is this stressful for you? It is stressful. Yeah. Cause I feel like picking favorite. I mean, I, there's a couple, this is a very, you are, that's literally, that's literally what you're doing is you are picking a favorite. I I shouldn't feel like I There's was no way out of this one. I was doing. <laughs> we'll have to see if this. <laughs> it's like this... I have to pick favorites. Yes. Yeah, that's the whole. Yeah. So again, we talked about a lot of great stuff out there. From a footwear, again, I'm a nerd, right? So from a footwear science perspective, and for an evolution of a product and a company, I'm going to have to give the Keanu Light the win here, just because it was so such a dramatic improvement. And for me going ASICS has really made some big jumps and I don't mean to be mean, but ASICS is what used to be that company. Like they kind of did the same thing year after year after year. And now seeing this was like, wow, there is, they are being aggressive. They're really looking into literature, really making some jumps. And again, I was very impressed to see a max stability shoe that had this much versatility because max stability used to be like, no one wants to touch that, right? Your Brooks beasts, your, you know, those, you know, you don't want to get stuck in one of those. Now it's like, hey, this is a fast, sexy looking shoe that can work for a variety of people. It can, those people who need, who like the Keanu, it can provide that stability. The people that might like the DS trainer, yeah, they, they might be able to do well in this one as well. So I, I'm going to pick the Keanu light for right now, but I'm, I have good faith in ASIC. Some stuff's coming next year, but this was a really hard decision because I feel like everybody really brought their A game this year. So from an innovation standpoint, this was very cool. So this is my pick of the year. Love it. I love that pick of the year. I got to respect yeah. you for it. And I'm about this much surprised for those listening. I have a zero held up. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. That that's this pick of the year. That's great. 300 miles, uh, by the way, it still has an outsole. Hey, actually, that's that's impressive. Dang, you'll have to get another pair. Yeah. All right. Um, Can I go next? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So Um, I'm going. I'm going different vein than than Matt a little bit. I think um, innovation isn't necessarily what defines the shoe, but I think accessibility is what defines the shoe, and just sheer enjoyability, if that's a word. Yeah. Um, the, my, how much I enjoy this shoe is hard to explain, but I said this on a previous episode. I think it was with Thomas from believe in the run and how I would warm up in a shoe. I'd put this shoe on, run a half marathon, take it off. And then I hate, and then put the other one on for a cool down. And I hated that other shoe, even though I thought I liked that shoe, (laughs) it was just an incredible difference in 
And that shoe for me is the Endorphin Pro. Um, and it, for me, it is a very different shoe than the Endorphin Speed, which contrary to popular, uh, from, from what you see, if you're on shoe forums or whatever, you see a lot of love for the Endorphin Speed, which is working for a lot of people for me. Um, and I think for other people too, it just was, a, it was quite unstable in the heel. Um, and the difference here is the nylon or nylon versus the carbon plate and the carbon plate for me provided that stability. So, um, here's what I love about the shoe. One, the ride is just amazing. Power and PB is a fantastic midsole. Um, the speed roll geometry really just rolls you forward. It feels effortless, it just feels effortless to run in this thing. And I could find my cadence really well. Um, felt really protective. The, uh, stability of the shoe and durability of the shoe, I think make this one of those that you can, we talked about this with, um, uh, 361, another episode recently. Um, but you know, to have a shoe, yes, this costs $200, which is very, very expensive for a pair of shoes, but this does not need to just sit on the top shelf and not run in it. Um, the durability of the outsole is just as good in the speed and people are training that all the time. Um, and the upper has had no issues for me at all. It's thin, but it's not, uh, it's not going to rip partially because of the way that they constructed the toe guard, the toe guard expands pretty much all the way to the balls of the feet. And so it keeps the rubbing of the, of this thin upper away from the foot. So you can have a shoe that you can do some training in, uh, for some of your like marathon pace workouts or your half marathon pace workouts, and then also use this for your marathon and still get a lot out of it. Um, and the, the foam has been holding up really well and it's not dying or becoming dead. So this is my shoe of the year. Um, I say not, not innovative because this is, I think Nike was the innovator of this, you know, type of shoe, but they took it and then they put it in a pretty accessible package that just functions really well. It's I, yeah, I agree completely with the only, everything you just said. Sorry, David. It's the only shoe besides the vapor fly that has research behind it. That's public. Correct. Cause the one that they, the McCludic all, this was right. Whereas that that's, they use this study and the kind of, kind of, they're not, they're not open about it from what I understand, but yeah. Yeah. And I, I think in like, well, the, all the innovation and research behind it is awesome as well. And the fact that they legitimately did a research study to show forefoot stiffness and geometry um, for the construction of their shoe is awesome. But um, the durability factor is also great because you can actually do some training in it because the next shoe that I'm going to hold up, I don't think the durability is really there unless you're doing it on special occasions. And so I, I am going to choose the Nike Alpha Ply Next Percent. Um, that's probably no shocker to Nathan. Um, this is literally just a little insight into our group <laughs> chat that happens. David's like, I got this race coming up. He doesn't talk like this, but this is the voice yeah, I give him in the voice. I got this race coming up. It's like, I'm doing a 10 K, you know, I really can't, I really want to run in the razor elite, or I really want to run in uh, rocket the, X. Car, the rocket X. I just, yeah. I just, I think I'm going to do that. And then like 10 minutes later, or maybe the alpha fly. And then a day later, uh, yeah, no, I think I'm going to do the razor elite. And then a minute before he's like, actually, I'm doing the alpha fly every time. Last <laughs> minute flop to the alpha fly every time. And that's great. He loves the shoe. He should run in it. Should yeah, it. It, 
That's the honest <laughs> truth. I actually traveled for a race not that long ago, and I took both pairs, and I didn't decide until the morning of. But we all, I think you at the you, course. You brought up the, <laughs> the question like on a Tuesday, and that Tuesday I said I'm calling it now, David. And he said I'm running it in the. He didn't even bring up the Alpha Fly. I said I'm calling it now. David's running the Alpha Fly, and then he and, did, and it was yep, awesome every time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just haven't run anything like it. So, I mean, the shoes are like eight ounces or something. Like it's, it's insane to me that I would think about racing in a shoe that heavy, but once you get up to speed, I mean, it's very responsive and will just stay at the pace you like it to. And it's protective. And so, but both of those weeks, I was also feeling a little beat up going into those race efforts. So I was like, this is more about fatigue resistance for me than it truly is about hitting top speed. And so I think I made the right choices on those guys. I think if I had like, like perfectly fresh legs going into it, I think the decision would be way harder because I do like to have a light pair of shoes on my feet when I do turn it up, mm -hmm. but we'll see we might have that decision coming up again shortly. So I love it. <laughs> it's a great shoe. It's a fantastic yeah. shoe. So there are our picks for some of our favorite shoes this year, whether training stability, um, we got off on a few tangents in terms of science and, and, um, and some inquiry about what it looks like in terms of, I, I'm thinking, you know, physiological benefits of training in different types of shoes and biomechanical. So hopefully those were somewhat interesting as well. We will have a written review that lays out our shoes of the year as well. That will be coming soon. And so you can keep an eye out for that. If you have anything else that you guys want us to talk about, please drop us a note. We'd love to talk about it. Questions you have about any of the shoes that we listed, um, just throw them down below in the comments and we'll make sure to get to them. Um, again, always uh, feel free to check out our Facebook, Doctors of Running, um, Instagram at Doctors of Running, and then subscribe to our YouTube channel and the podcast. All those things really help uh, support the work that we're doing. And then you can see all of our written reviews on doctorsofrunning.com come so thanks again y'all and hope you've uh hope you have a good finish to 2020